It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brings you interviews with some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. It's our goal to educate and empower you so you can live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. We have another great show for you today. Challenged by the limitations of her training to respond effectively to childhood trauma, today's guest, Dr. Pilar Jennings, took the unconventional path of integrating traditional therapy with Buddhist practices. She's here today to discuss why she took this approach and the benefits she had seen with her patients. Dr. Jennings is a psychoanalyst in private practice and the author of the book, To Heal a Wounded Heart, The Transformative Power of Buddhism and Psychotherapy in Action. Welcome, Dr. Jennings. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joan. It's good to be here. So, Dr. Jennings, in your book, To Heal a Wounded Heart, you talk about an unconventional path in therapy. What made you decide to take this approach? Well, as I was beginning the the process of of working with patients and becoming a therapist, I I was realizing that my training had been extremely helpful. It it had helped me think carefully and deeply about the many reasons why people come into therapy. But I was also discovering that there were certain limitations to what I had learned, that in certain treatments, the, the traditional approach of listening carefully and creating a lot of space and being empathic and non-judgmental was offering needed support, but wasn't necessarily helping my patients feel better and really start to, to heal from their their traumas and their various forms of suffering. How do the two practices work together? I think there are many different ways in which the the traditions can come together. For me, it has something to do with with how I'm listening. In Buddhist training, we we come to discover that people have what's described as Buddha nature. And you don't have to be a Buddhist to imagine that there's a part of oneself that's very wise, that's insightful that has a lot of compassion for suffering, including one's own and others. And so as a therapist, uh, I was trying to find a way to appeal to that part of each patient. And insofar as both traditions really want to, to be very respectful of a person's ability to have insight and to heal, I felt that that concept of Buddha nature was really adding another dimension to what I had been trained to do as a therapist. Doctor, what benefits do you see from offering care in this way? I have found that patients start to trust themselves more if they're working with a therapist who deeply respects their ability to have insight and to understand their own experience. Traditionally, analysts have had what's sometimes described as a hermeneutic of suspicion or a sense of knowing the patient better than the patient knows themselves. 
And in my my analytic training, because a lot has changed in analytic theory over time, um, very much supported by my Buddhist training, I I really believe that each patient has the ability to access their own wisdom, their own insight. They just need someone to affirm that it's possible and to orient them toward those resources. So your book deals with healing a wounded heart. How do you describe trauma? What does that look like in someone's life? Trauma can can look many different ways, but generally speaking, it's any experience that leaves somebody feeling excessively stressed and in a way that overwhelms their ability to cope. So that's a real simplification, but it gets it gets to the heart of trauma, which is a sense of something happening that cannot be dealt with in the way one normally deals with stressors or difficulties. And it can leave people almost feeling undone by what's happened. Are there different kinds of trauma? Yeah, there there are the more acute traumas such as accidents or war, uh, a violent assault of some kind. But then there are the, the so-called micro-traumas of being treated in a way that is really misattuned to the reality of of who someone is. And so, for instance, a child being raised by someone who really doesn't doesn't get who the child authentically is, it's it's almost the experience of repeated micro-trauma, repeated feeling of being left on one's own because the person we're closest to isn't able to find us emotionally. Doctor, what do you believe enables one person to manage the impact of trauma differently than another? So, for example, two people who experience the same situation, why does one move forward while another gets stuck? It's a great question, Joan, and it's such an important one. I I believe, based on my, my clinical experience and my personal experience, that we all share the same capacity for healing. But we need certain conditions in order to heal from trauma. And one critically important one is is having people in our life who really actively want to help uh, also can, can simply tolerate what's happened. They can hear about it. If it's a death, if it's a sudden illness, it's not too much for them to, to be curious about. And what can make a huge difference when someone's trying to recover from trauma is simply having people who have an open mind, have a spacious mind, so that there's somebody else helping us hold what really can be too much to hold on one's own. Doctor, about eight years ago, I went through significant loss. In a period of six months, I got separated, my marriage ended, my mother died, my sister died. They were my remaining nuclear family members, and my oldest son left for college. And so I had this life one day, and the next day, it was gone. And it was a significant loss for me. So I know personally, all of that loss, it changed me. I am a different person today because of that. So how do you believe loss changes us? And how do we heal? How do we begin that healing process? Well, first, 
I'm, I'm sorry because I really hear the, the overwhelming nature of all of those losses in such a short period of time, Joan. And I, I empathize because I know also that experience of your sense of self getting radically changed. Right? Because mm-hmm. we're relational beings, our sense of who we are is, is formed through relationship. And so when we lose primary relationships to a parent, to a child, to a lover, uh, our, our sense of who we are will radically change. And this is not, not inherently a bad thing, right, because new parts of oneself can emerge. Uh, I know in my own experience of, of losing loved ones, I, I discover aspects of who I am that were there but really hidden, really mm-hmm. in the shadow. Right. And, and sometimes that can be enlivening, right? I mean, even if it's a newfound sense of aggression or the ability to speak truth to power, whatever it is, or tenderness, but it's, it's a lot to go through. And so I encourage your listeners who might, might go through something similar to be extremely patient with their own healing process because when our sense of who we are gets reorganized, it really takes time to to just get the lay of the land, right? Figure out what's going on and and who we are. When someone is going through such a difficult challenge, or, or really any type of challenge, how does he or she know when therapy is warranted? I think this is a it's a personal discernment for each individual. Uh, but there are some signs that are important to notice. One is any any tendency to isolate. Uh, this this is a telltale sign that some support, some intervention is needed. Again, because because we're relational, because everything about us happens most uh, most fluidly, most successfully in the context of relationship. If we're withdrawing from relationship that usually means that we're having a hard time. If we're not able to, to function as we normally do, to go to work, to take care of our child, to pay our bills, uh, again, it's, it's another sign that probably some, some therapeutic support is necessary. And then certainly, if there are any compulsive or addictive behaviors, which is very common, because when people are going through loss, they're usually trying to just self-soothe. So food and alcohol and sex, etc. these are various ways to, to find some immediate soothing. But if they become problematic in and of themselves, and they often do, it's just another, another indication, it's another little flag that therapy will probably be very helpful. Doctor, are there any changes that you would like to see occur in the practice of psychotherapy? Yes, there are. I mean, as as much as I, I deeply respect the tradition, and I, I think most people would benefit from being in therapy, I would like to see the the tradition emphasize the importance of compassion more, both for for therapists and in their training specifically, because. Right now, there really is no compassion training for psychotherapists. And to help therapists support patients in cultivating more compassion for themselves, for their suffering. Ironically, in psychotherapy, um, it it is just uh, hoped (laughs) 
it's assumed that, that future therapists will be compassionate with their patients, but they don't actually get any specific training for it. Now, the, the field tends to attract people who, who care about suffering, their own and others, and often they can naturally be very empathic, but not always. So I'd, I'd like to see that really emphasized in, in therapeutic training. The book is To Heal a Wounded Heart, The Transformative Power of Buddhism and Psychotherapy in Action by Dr. Pilar Jennings. If you would like to get more information about the book or Dr. Jennings' work, you can visit drpilarjennings.com. That's D-R-P-I-L-A-R Jennings.com. Dr. Jennings, in our final moments, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What's the takeaway? We all go through times of, of suffering and quite a bit of loss. This is part of the human journey, and so is our ability to navigate these experiences. Our, our ability to, to cull meaning from our losses, even to go on and, and thrive, is very possible. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for being here with us and for helping us manage loss and suffering. You've provided some wonderful strategies that can help us navigate these experiences so, as you said, we can grow and thrive. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Joan. I've really enjoyed it. This is Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to primohealthsolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life has a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life 24-7. Visit CYACYL.com. And be sure to tell your friends. What does it mean to you to be empowered? To many of the women I work with, it means being in control of their lives, having freedom, and feeling good about their accomplishments. Hi, I'm Gail Gruenberg, CPOCD, Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized. As a professional organizing firm, we help clients organize their lives as well as their homes. Being organized supports being empowered. Having systems and routines in place fosters the feeling of control. It leads to increased self-esteem, confidence, strength of character, and dignity. Being organized frees up the time to do what is most important to us, like spend time with family or friends, or pursue our dreams and goals. We have peace of mind because everything is in place. Things have homes, vital documents are prepared and filed for easy access. Being organized allows us to make effective decisions, improves our relationship with others, and encourages us to take better care of ourselves. I'm Gail Gruenberg, and I can help you implement systems and routines so you can embrace feeling empowered. Call me at 201-364-6833 or visit my website at lgorganized.com. 
Do you constantly find yourself comparing your life to that of others? Do you constantly wonder if you're doing it right? Hi, I'm Renee Jensen, founder of My Time Out, an organization and community that supports positive mental health and wellness among mothers. Today, I am here to tell you that you are doing it right no matter what you see on social media or reality TV. If you are really concerned about the do's and don'ts of parenting, I'll break down the basics for you. Do make sure your child is fed. Don't feel bad if you see a crunchy mom on Facebook clean feeding their kids. Does yours eat only chicken nuggets, cheese sticks, and apple slices for every meal? If your pediatrician is okay with it, don't stress it. Do make sure you clothe your children. Don't stress out if your kid doesn't have a different pair of shoes for each day of the week. Do discipline your child when appropriate. Don't abuse your child. Do love and protect the heck out of your kid. Don't be a helicopter parent. Love and protect them, but let them fall. They need to learn how to muscle through the ups and downs of life. Do encourage your children. They look up to you for support and reassurance. Root them on, but don't push them beyond what they are ready for. Finally, stop questioning yourself. Just do you. Do whatever feels right for your loved ones. Being a good mom is about doing what's right for your family. If it feels right, then it is right. For more mommy tips, visit MyTimeOut.com or on Facebook at LLC. It's time for To Your Health. Joining me today is Dr. Lorraine Maida, a functional and integrative medicine physician who practices anti-aging medicine, executive health, hormone replacement therapy, and weight management. She's the author of Vibrance for Life, How to Live Younger and Healthier. Dr. Maida is here today to discuss taking the fear out of hormone replacement therapy. Welcome, Dr. Maida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. Dr. Maida, there is so much concern regarding hormone replacement therapy. Can you tell us why that is and are the concerns valid? Well, for a long time, Joan, we were always advised to give women hormone replacement when they were having symptoms of menopause because it was considered a very low-risk intervention with a lot of benefits. These studies were done when women were just entering menopause, like within the first five years. So it was always taken for granted that if they're well past menopause, that they'd still get the same benefits. And this is why they designed this infamous study, the Women's Health Initiative, to look at what would happen if someone was well beyond menopause? And they chose women whose average age was 63. They were mostly 10 years past menopause, and they were given high doses of synthetic hormones. But the study was stopped abruptly, and the use of HRT, or hormone replacement therapy, just plummeted because that stirred up a fear of a risk of breast cancer and heart disease and stroke. However, after studying this study for over 10 years, you know, even the lead investor came out and published a paper saying that the publishers of the study jumped to the wrong conclusions and there was actually benefits to using hormone replacement therapy and wanted to publish that there should be no fear. Doctor, what were the findings and how did this misperception perpetuate? You know, when, when you look at a study, you lump everybody together, young, old, high dose, low dose, risk factors, no risk factors. So when you, you you know, if the average is weighted towards people who've already had problems, then you're going to see more problems. So when you subdivide the studies into how many years after menopause, were they taking estrogen and synthetic progestin, this subdivision and studying the studies, when they looked at it, they found that estrogen alone, if a woman was under the age of 60, it actually reduced the risk of breast cancer. 
And this was largely ignored because it took years for them to sort through the, the data. And Dr. Langer, who is one of the principal investigators in the Women's Health Initiative, said that the process of jumping to conclusions was, you know, erroneous. Others who critiqued the study also said that even though they used statistically acceptable methods, the, the conclusions that were drawn were incorrect and needed a different methodology, which required some modification. So Dr. Langer recently published another paper that confirms there was no statistically significant harm for either breast cancer or heart attacks, and that women were abandoning the use of hormone replacement therapy and suffered needlessly because there were many studies showing the benefits. What else do women need to know before considering HRT? They need to know their own individual risk factors because if you're going to consider HRT, the sooner you do it, the better. However, there's been a statement by the North American Menopause Society that said if women are still suffering their 10 years past menopause, it's still safe to take hormone replacement because the lack of sleep, the loss of bone, the loss of memory, the hot flashes, the night sweats, they can be treated and it, it can be treated safely. So you, you have to really make up your own mind. There are numerous studies that show a multitude of benefits. You, you just have to know your individual risk factors. Estrogen given orally can increase the risk of clots, but if it's given through the skin, that risk is negligible. So the way you give hormones, the type of hormones, what your liver functions are like, your risk of different kinds of cancers, and your, you know, how you feel about it, whether or not you have symptoms, all of this has to be taken into consideration. And that's why it's always good to work with somebody who really understands it and has kept up on the latest with the studies. Dr. Mita, thank you so much for being here. If you would like to learn more about this topic, if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Mehta, you can visit her website, howtoliveyounger.com. We'll be right back. Do you worry about how to protect your family and valuables from intruders breaking into your home? Hi, I'm Dan Coleman, professional investigator and founder of Creative Solutions Investigative Services and Burglary Solutions. The thought of someone breaking into your home when you're away, or worse, someone entering your home when you're sleeping, is a frightening thought for all of us. Some simple steps can make a big difference in keeping your home safe and secure. Keep in mind that burglars and thieves want your valuables more than anything else. An experienced burglar knows that if they're confronted by a homeowner while committing the burglary, they could face more serious charges than if no one was home. So do everything you can to make your home look occupied at all times of the day. When it's dark, have multiple lights on timers, especially at dusk. During the day, make it look like there are children in the home. To protect yourself at night, make sure you have motion lights around the outside of your house and property. Did you know that most burglars are inside a home for less than three minutes? That's enough time to go to the master bedroom, steal jewelry or other valuables, and escape before the police arrive. So never store valuable or sentimental jewelry in a jewelry box inside your bedroom. Don't put off thinking about how to protect your home and family from a burglar until it's too late. If you need more information or assistance, you can contact me, Dan Coleman, through my website, csinvestigations.info or burglarysolutionsllc.com. In a couple of months, summer will be here. Have we already thought about getting into peak condition and losing weight to put on that bathing suit? I'm Dr. Michael Magwood, and I'm a chiropractor. Today, I have a couple of tips for you on behaviors surrounding weight loss. First, 
Your body's metabolism is intricately related to how the functioning of your nervous system is. Under times of greater stress, we go into hibernation mode, which is fat storage mode. Our job in our chiropractic office is to help the nervous system respond at ease, adapting to stress and allowing the body to reach its maximal capacity to succeed. Secondly, we have fitness right in our offices. What a great way to connect your doctor to your behaviors. And guess when those resolutions should start? Not at New Year's, not when summer's coming, but consistently all year round. Your chiropractic doctor has the capacity to educate you and be with you and hold you accountable. I'm Dr. Michael Magwood. Find us at purebalancecenter.com and look out for our locations in Clifton, New Jersey and in New York City. I recently attended a fundraising event. There was a silent auction. I bid on four tickets to a Yankee game, and I ended up as the highest bidder and won the tickets. Hi, I'm Ed Gaelic, a life and health insurance broker and founder of PSI Consultants, located in Glenrock, New Jersey. Some of my fondest memories were at baseball games, but not everyone gets to have that experience. So I decided to give the tickets away to a child that wouldn't otherwise have a chance to see a professional baseball game. We sent a blast email to all of our clients and business associates describing our community initiative. We asked them to nominate a child by responding to our email with the child's name and story, and the response was immediate and incredible. On the day of the drawing, we wrote each child's name on a piece of paper and put all the names in a hat and picked the name randomly. The winner was Cole, a 12-year-old who was battling optic, brain, and spinal cancer. Amazingly, one of our clients had a connection to someone who knew Jeff Nelson, a relief pitcher for the Yankees, who was going to be at that game and made arrangements for Jeff to pay a visit to Cole at his seats. Knowing they were traveling a distance, I contacted the Hyatt Place in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to see if they'd comp Cole and his family a room the Friday evening before the game day, and they agreed. The day proved to be one special day for Cole. He didn't just see any Yankee game, he saw them win, and he saw the celebration of the 1996 championship team. And Jeff Nelson made that special visit to meet him at his seats. What this simple gesture proved was that many people cared and we witnessed pay it forward. A VIP corporate executive donated the tickets to the charity. He paid it forward. I bid, won, and gave the tickets away. I paid it forward. Cole wins, I win, the Yankees win, Jeff Nelson wins, the Hyatt Place wins, all because pay it forward wins. As I reflect back on this special day, I see how giving enriches my profession and personal life as well. To contact us and learn more, please visit our website at psi-consultants.com. Mindful massage is a combination of meditation, energy work, and Swedish massage. As a massage therapist and healer, I am always looking for ways to help humanity. Most people are able to relax with a regular Swedish massage. But there is always exception to every rule. That's why I created the Mindful Massage. Hi, I am Nancy Barrett, owner and founder of the Peace Within Spot and Wellness Center. If you are looking for ways to relax and reconnect with your inner self, I invite you to experience our exclusive Mindful Massage. For more information, visit our website at thepeacewithinspot.com. Namaste. You've put your heart and soul into writing a book. You've made a substantial financial investment in getting the project done. And you have a beautiful publication with your name on the cover. So, how do you reach your potential readers? Introducing the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life Book Club, a resource guide created for books that change lives. 
a book featured on the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life website and in the digital magazine gets recognized. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life includes the work of some of the most inspirational and influential authors in the world. Shouldn't you be there too? Let's get started. For more information, visit cyacyl.com backslash book club advertising. In a moment, cancer changed our lives forever. At this moment, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything, ever. At this moment, she wants to be in her own bed. I want to be back at school with my friends. I want to be outside playing. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.